Hey, hey, what's happening, Citywide fam? It's Mitch coming at you one more time by myself, solo. I have no help on this episode. Uh, And this is part two of two on getting the budget and the money call. Now, I'm going to reveal a little secret to you. I prep for every one of these. I type out notes. I rehearse them a little bit, and I get ready to record. And you're probably sitting there thinking, most of your episodes are still not that great. I know, my best shot at humor, it's all I've got. But here's the deal. I did no prep for this one, literally none. I wrote the budget one out, I executed the budget one, but I didn't prep for the money call because this is something that I have done for such a long time. It's my favorite part in the sales process actually. And sometimes the money call is actually a money talk right on the spot, um, which ties kind of back to the budget one from the previous episode that you hopefully just listened to or listened to yesterday if you're following my instructions from that episode. And so here we are with the money call, no prep. So what's the money call? Let's jump in. Let's talk about it. The money call is one of my favorites. So during the sales process, when you're walking through with the client and you're looking at whatever the service is, we talked about asking for the budget. You may or may not get it. We talked about bracketing pricing. So hopefully you have a little bit of a feel. When you leave that meeting, you pretty much have a decent idea of how your money call is going to go. I would say eight out of 10 times, maybe even nine out of 10 times. And it makes the money call super fun because you go into it knowing that unless something changed from the minute you left their parking lot or that conversation until now, which is hopefully later that day or within the next couple of days, depending on how complicated the proposal is, you've got a pretty good idea that when you call them, you're good to go. Now, something I didn't explain in the budget or the bracketing process is when you give them a bracket, obviously, maybe not obvious, it's obvious to me, uh, you want to give them a range that's outside of the real range. So if you said, I think it's somewhere between five and eight thousand dollars you want to make sure it's not getting to eight thousand dollars it's really between five and six or five and sixty five hundred that way when you come in at sixty five hundred bucks you came in below the eight thousand that might have been in their head on the high end of that project so the money call helps us set up execute and complete this full conversation that began a couple of days ago on the budgeting discussion so the money call you sat down you figured it out you know your price, you've taken all the factors in. Now you should know all of these items that made your price go up from the bottom of the overall range and what kept it from going all the way to the top end of the range and be able to articulate that. So when I give my client a call, uh, no, I'll just give you an example here. I've, I've sold a bunch of auto scrubbers recently to Federal Cartridge. I sold them three back in uh, June and I'm selling them four more right now. So the first time uh, I talked to him about the scrubbers and Money wasn't really an issue, which I know makes us sound really easy because uh, money is no object, so who cares? But at the end of the day, they're still price conscious and they've bought several auto scrubbers. They're all over their property, but they didn't buy any of them from me. So when it came to these scrubbers, I figured out what they wanted. I already have rapport with them. They knew that they could trust me. I knew what they were using them for and they didn't know where to go find what they needed to solve their problem. So when I said, hey, I know you've been buying those Vipers, those obviously aren't going to work, right? And he says, right, or yeah. I know you're probably paying somewhere between four and 7000 bucks for one of those scrubbers, right? Yeah, that's about right. But this scrubber is going to be a little bit smaller. So I'm hoping you aren't expecting this scrubber to be cheaper just because it's smaller. And then you get him to kind of say, yeah, I guess I guess not because they need to be more maneuverable or, or whatever, right? These are kind of how those discussions went. So I said, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go figure out what these scrubbers are. But I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if these scrubbers are any less than eight to 11,000 bucks. And I just set the stage with that and exited the conversation. 
But I promise them I'm going to use my expertise to go find them a scrubber that solves their problem that they can't find on their own. They need someone like me. So I went out and I found them the right scrubbers. They served all the features. And then I gave them a call and I said, hey, I just got off the phone with my rep. Uh, these machines retail if you just buy them off the street. And here's the trick. I went onto Google. I put the machine in there. I saw that if you just pop it up on Google, this exact machine runs somewhere around twelve dollars or $13,000. So I just said, hey, these machines run somewhere between twelve dollars or $13,000 if you just call up somebody and buy them. That's what they're going to charge you. Once you have an existing relationship with a rep like me and like what I have with my partnership that we have with our uh, equipment supplier, that $13,000, let us be real, like we were never going to pay that. But it gets me down to a more reasonable spot. Then, since you're buying three of these things, I got you down to about $9,500. And then I just shut up and he goes, Oh, that's great. Thanks, Mitch. Because all they heard was 13, 14,000 retail. Then they heard 11. And then I said, hey, because you're buying a few of them from me, I got it under 10 grand. I got them to about 9,500 bucks. Sounds great. Send me a quick recap on that so I can put in the PO for you and then go ahead and order them. And boom, we ordered them. Now, that's one way the money call can go. The other way it can go, it's, it, I mentioned in the budgeting call, you have an eighty dollars to $110,000 window if you're talking about a parking lot seal coat for a church or an office park or wherever you're doing it. So then you do all this, you know, sit down, this meeting, this walkthrough, you talk to them about different options, and then you come back in and you say, hey, based on what we were talking about, you know, you're getting a lot of traffic in this lot, a lot more than you were a few years ago. So in order to get this done at the, you know, within that range that I gave you and near your budget, you know, we did come in at 104000 here before tax. So I'm hoping that, you know, tax is going to push you over that number. I, I hope you're comfortable with that. I do have some ways I could get it down, but this is what we discussed. The double seal coat everywhere. The triple on the dock area. How are you feeling about that? Have you had any follow-up conversations with your boss? So you can kind of ease into that and leave yourself an out. And they might go, you know, Mitch, after we met, um, my boss at 110 was like, that was the absolute, absolute most. And we really didn't want to approach that. After we met, I, I let them know it was going to be up there. Any way you can get this down a little bit? And we go, sure. You know, we, we plan on a double coat everywhere. I guess one thing we could consider, we could do a single coat on the whole lot. And then on the main drive lanes, so here and here or this area and that area, let's double seal coat there and just leave a single seal coat where cars park. That could probably get the price down a decent amount. You want me to rework it and come back to you with a number like that? Boom. Money call solved. Um, another good example would be, let's talk about something more basic that we sell, a strip and wax. Um, you typically aren't bidding too much in this scenario. People are usually just taking our price and running with it. But if you gave them a range, now, if it's a big, huge cafeteria, it's wide open, that's kind of an easy proposal. You get the square footage, you could give them a number right on the spot. But again, you could give them a range because it's a big area in a wide open spot. So you could go back to them and say, Hey, you know, a lot of times when I'm stripping and waxing 10,000 feet, that 10,000 feet is 30 exam rooms, it's 10 procedure rooms, it's a break room, and it's kind of all over the building scattered. So I know on the high end, this 10,000 feet is going to be about here. On the low end, though, because this is all in one spot, I got to figure out how much labor I'm going to save. This might only be somewhere between, I don't know, seven and 10,000 bucks. See what they say, right? Then you go and you do that money call. You follow back up with them and say, hey, 
seven to 10,000 bucks. I figured it out. This would be 10 grand if you were a medical clinic and I had to chase all this square footage down. But since it's all right here, I can do it for about 7,000 bucks. Are we good? That's the money call. You're calling it in to feel it out. Now, why do we do this? This is the one thing I didn't write down and I wish I would have led with it. Well, I didn't write anything down. I wish I would have led with this. Once you give them the price on paper, it's almost always over. But if you're talking about it, they still feel like they have a semblance of control. So they could say, hey, Mitch, I'm glad you called me because um, you did talk about that seven to 10,000 range. And I appreciate that you're actually down closer to seven. But here's the deal. We had this done by our old company like a year and a half ago, and they only charged us like 5,200 bucks. So even at 7,000, that's, that's pretty high for us. And I go, oh, okay. I'm glad I didn't send you a bid. Uh, by chance, does that invoice tell you what product they put down? How many coats they put down? You said you did it about a year and a half ago, but there's almost no finish on that floor. I mean, to be honest with you, I could probably re- rework my numbers and I could probably do it for 5,200 bucks. But at 5,200 bucks, I'm probably only getting like two or three coats of finish on the floor. I could be wrong about that, but... I mean, what were you hoping for? Do you you want it to look like this again in 14 months or do you want it to look a lot better in 14 months? And you kind of work it out. So once you put the price on paper, it's typically over. You might get a shot to go correct it and a good relationship will help you get a chance to go correct it. But in most cases, once you've delivered that proposal and handed it to them or emailed it to them, it's over. So one last thought. The one thing that you simply, you just can't do it unless you're absolutely certain, you know, your pricing is going to be a slam dunk. Your budgeting discussion was great. And it's literally just a formality that they're going to use you. Sure. Then you can just send the email and say, Hey, based on everything we talked about proposal lined up, boom, here's your deal. Uh, Sign it and send it back to me. But if you haven't had a good rapport to begin with a good budget discussion, bracketed the pricing, If you're not really, really sure, this is where the money call makes sure you feel really good about sending that final price. Do the money call. Don't just hit send on the email and hope that they say yes. Because when they say no, the conversation's over and you don't get a chance to course correct. All right, that is 10 and a half minutes for those keeping score on the money call. I love this subject if you can't tell. I've done it a million times uh, for a bunch of different service types. And it always leaves me feeling way more comfortable. And to be honest with you, I bet you on the the services I use the money call for, which again, it's not on every single service I ever sell a client, but on the ones that I need to use it, I pretty much always use it because then I have a feeling when I leave that call, am I winning? Am I losing? Or if I think I'm going to lose, do I leave it open for me to go, you know what? Let me take one more look at a couple of things, or let me go beat up my vendor because it didn't sound like you're comfortable. That's how I have my best chance at controlling my destiny towards my sales goal. All right, that's it, Citywide fam. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.